Welcome to episode 23 of EIU Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Rich Moser. Over the next two weeks, we will visit with two new additions to the Eastern Illinois staff, beginning this week with Derek Stein, who was recently hired as the Panthers Director of Football Performance. In that capacity, Stein will serve as the football strength and conditioning coach, as well as coordinating nutrition and wellness programs for the Panthers team. Stein is making a return to the Panthers program after previously working as a graduate assistant with the Eastern Illinois Athletic Department. In that time, he was able to work with current EIU head football coach Adam Cushing and his staff during the spring and summer of 2019. That relationship helped him make Stein the perfect fit for this role. Want to hear other episodes of the EIU Panthers podcast? Then be sure to like and follow us wherever you download and listen to your favorite podcasts. Search EIU Panthers podcast now, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio podcasts. Yeah, you Panthers podcast are brought to you by Consolidated Communications. Want to learn more about the future of broadband for both your home and business? Then visit Consolidated.com today. Consolidated Communications is a proud sponsor of Eastern Illinois Panther Athletics. This week in EIU Athletics News, Ohio Valley Conference basketball play resumes for both the men's and women's programs. Also, congratulations to former EIU football wide receiver Alexander Hollins, who was recently signed to the Cleveland Browns active roster after spending most of this season on the Minnesota Vikings practice squad. For the latest in EIU athletics news, be sure to visit EIUPanthers.com online or follow us on Twitter at EIU underscore Panthers. Also, fans, be sure to download the updated version of the EIU Athletics phone app. The free app is available on the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store simply by searching EIU Game Day. Now to this week's EIU Panthers podcast episode with newly hired EIU Director of Football Performance, Derek Stein. And welcome to another edition of EIU Panthers podcast. Uh, over the next two weeks, we're going to talk with a couple new staff members here with the Eastern Illinois Athletic staff. And here today with us is Derek Stein, who was recently hired as the new director of EIU football performance. So congratulations on the appointment, Derek, and thanks for joining us today. Appreciate it. I'm excited to be back. Now, Derek, the, the name may not be unfamiliar to people that, are, that have followed EIU athletics. Derek was here is it making a return visit to, to Charleston, as we like to say. And so, Derek, I guess when you, when you were here as a graduate assistant two years ago, or I guess, yeah, about two years ago now it was, did, did you ever have any visions in your mind that you would be coming back to Eastern in this type of capacity? You know, I never was really sure if I was going to be back. I, I never knew how that scenario would play out. I know, you know, the previous guy that hired me ended up leaving, and I, I knew there was an opening at that point. And, I didn't know what direction it was going to go when coach Cushing and his staff came in and they brought in coach Orozco and he did everything he could to help me get job, uh, positions elsewhere. So I kind of thought uh, might not be an opportunity for me to come back to EIU, but certainly work with that staff at some point in the future, but it worked out and here I am and I'm excited to be back. Now that been, that staff did benefit you and you talk a little bit about that if you will. And, and, the way football works is staffs are normally hired during, you know, December and January. And so they're there for, for spring football. So you had the opportunity based on how your graduate school went is that you got to work spring football with them. How, how important was that for you to kind of maybe help you, you know, be a front runner for this position when it became available? That was a major factor. Uh, probably the main reason that I'm, I'm back right now, but 
Coach Cushing and his staff came in my last, what was my last semester at EIU. So I got to help them with the transition. I already had a relationship with the kids. So having me there made it a lot easier for them coming in to get things rolling and set the tone and start uh, turning around the culture of what they wanted to do. Uh, so I was fortunate enough to be a part of that. And uh, they ended up keeping me for another semester. I was looking for positions at the time and it didn't have anything lined up and they were able to keep me for the summer as well. So I was there for the start of it in the spring and then preparing for football in the summer um, before I got my position. And, and obviously the way football works, it's a small world that everyone's connected and that coaching staff and coach Roscoe knew people both at Louisiana tech and at Northwestern state when I went both of those places. So they helped me get those positions. And then, you know, when this happened and it opened up, they gave me a call and, and brought me back. Now we'll talk about those two positions in, in just a, a few minutes, but I do want to touch on uh, the gentleman you mentioned there, coach Joe Roscoe, Joe, of course, um, and, and tragically left us much earlier than any of us expected, you know, lost his life. Um, I want to say in late November, if, if I have that calculator right, but, but he was one of the most energetic people I, I think I've ever been around in my life and had a, a true passion, not only for, you know, strength and conditioning in the, in the young men, but just attacked life every day. What did you kind of take from, you know, just the short amount of time that you got to be around him? 100%. His, his passion and his energy were authentic. And I think that's probably one of the most important things as a coach or even as a strength coach is make sure you're authentic with your energy. If, it, if it's fake and it's not genuine, the kids will pick up on that. So give them the best you've got. Uh, one of my old bosses said, kids don't deserve your bad day. So come in, give your best to them, give your best passion, your energy, all of that. So they can feed off of that. They know what the standard is and they can match you. So that was probably the biggest thing I picked up from him. Now, the other part I'll, I'll follow up with that on that is, so you are in the inevitable task of, of filling in for him. I've, I've unfortunately been here when we've had a few other staff members pass away. Um, it's luckily it's been a, been a long time and, you know, but I always feel for that next coach that has to come into that position, kind of how are you approaching that? And, and there was, are there any things that you're kind of thinking of it as you walk into there and that first time you have to walk in and kind of take his position over? I would say, first of all, the good thing is I have a relationship with a lot of the upper upperclassmen because I worked with that freshman class when they came in before I left and that sophomore class. So those guys are still here. I know them and they know me. Um, so they know what to expect. I would say the second thing uh, that kind of works out in my favor is having worked with him and worked with the staff before, I know how he ran things and I know what the standards are and, and the expectations. So that's already set. He, he was the major foundation in that. So for me to just build off of that is going to be a whole lot easier because it's already set and in place. So my goal, really, I don't want to change too much coming in. I know coaches have different philosophies and maybe some different things that they do, myself included, but I don't want to change too much too quickly. Let's keep building off of what the kids know and slowly start to integrate uh, maybe some of the things that I want to do as we move, as we move forward to develop these kids. Now, you talk about that from philosophies, and I'm always kind of curious on, on this from maybe a strength and conditioning um, philosophy, I guess, for lack of a better term there is, coaching staffs come in for football and in for other sports as well. And they want to run a system. And you, you hear that, you know, 
when like a coach Dino Babers was here, everybody thought, well, we were running a Baylor system or somebody was running a West Coast offense or you, you would think with Adam Cushing and, and the staff's pedigree with, with Northwestern that we're running a Northwestern program. Does that also correlate to with Joe Orozco having been there that we're running a Northwestern type strength program or are there are there different caveats to that? I think as far as the structure of the way things are run, that'll stay the same the way they've done it because that, that fits with the standards that they want executed. Um, I would say there are foundational principles from program to program. Uh, it's, it's not as different as you think, but uh, I may view the way things are progressed or regressed, or maybe these are some key movements that I want to measure, track, progress, so I'd say that's where things differ is just different movements, the progressions, the regressions, how it fits to prepare them for football. Now, you also mentioned that you're, you're coming in here after having a couple full-time experiences. You worked at Louisiana Tech, were able to oversee women's basketball and a handful of other sports there, and then got on it at Northwestern State most recently, also down in Louisiana, where also once again, women's basketball. But there got to work with football. I'm guessing the move for you from Louisiana Tech to Northwestern State was to probably be a little bit more involved with football, or was there some other op opportunities there that intrigued you about that move? Well, my position at Louisiana Tech was part-time. Oh, okay. So, uh, financially, that was <laughs> yeah, that, that, makes sense. that was definitely part of the reason, but a hundred percent also to get back with football because that's been my goal ever since I got in the field is I wanted to be a director of a division one football program. Um, so the opportunity to go back and work with football and, and keep myself in that um, and also work with a great mentor who ended up being a great mentor for me there, Eric Schwager, who came from Newberry college has also had, had a lot of experience uh, with big 10 schools as well as he came up through the field. So he was well-connected it was a good football program on the rise. So it was something I was excited to join at the time. It was a good opportunity for me. Now, they're also an FCS program down there in Northwestern State. They play in the Southland Conference, if I'm not mistaken. They were one of the teams, very much like Eastern, that decided yep. not to play football, at least against outside competition during the fall. Do, having that experience now, do you think that maybe helps you a little bit coming into the situation here at Eastern to where they've had the fall off, they've been able to kind of get I would say a full strength cycle in and now you you kind of know where the team is at here at Eastern because you were in a similar situation in Northwestern State where you're getting ready for a season and I saw one of the coaches put this the other day and I didn't think about this way but literally are going to play 28 games during the next calendar year or I'm sorry 18 calendar games during the next game yeah during calendar years <laughs> yeah so essentially I, I can pick back up from the same schedule I was at at Northwestern State. It was a semester school where Louisiana Tech was a quarter school, so that was different. But coming back in on the same semester, basically on the same schedule, because we, like you said, full strength cycle through the fall, we basically had our, what is normally our spring season and spring practices in the fall, um, which EIU did as well. So I kind of know where the kids are at, what they've done. So coming into uh, the spring, I know that we're on the same schedule that I was there. So it's going to be easy to pick up and roll with it. We were scheduled to play at the same time in February as well. So it's literally the same pickup point. 
now. The kids will actually be back here at campus in, a, in about a week, and you guys will kind of really jump right back into it. You talked about you picked up kind of where you left off at Northwestern State. What does that do in terms of getting ready for a season that's going to start in, I think it's the third week in February, February 20th, 21st, somewhere around there is the, the first game for the, for the Panthers. It's a, it's a seven-game schedule. Do you right now kind of lift to get ready for the season, or do you feel you have another, you know, two or three weeks to kind of get the guys back up to speed to get ready for the season? I think right now the primary emphasis is prepare their bodies to play football. We, I'll come back and I'll get two weeks of strength training and then we're starting practices. So I've got two weeks to get them ready to practice, make sure from a conditioning standpoint, a strength standpoint, we're ready for contact and we're ready to practice football. So that way I'm reducing the likelihood of injury. And so we can help prepare them to perform as best we can. So Right now, the aim those two weeks is let's get ready for football and then we'll take some of the limited time as we start practicing. Let's maintain strength and continue to build upon it leading up to the season and peak for that 21st and roll through the season so we can stay healthy. Now, knowing that uh, to kind of play off of that a little bit, knowing that you're now getting them ready for a season in, in February, March, um, it'll even go in a, a couple weeks into April then you're going to need to give the guys a little bit of a time off and then they'll come back for the summer. When you're planning right now, you're planning, are you planning for essentially a full calendar year of a strength cycle and how much time you're going to need to give them off at, at each different interval? Or is it right now just focused on that, that two weeks, get ready for, for this time. And then we'll, we'll adjust as we move along. You know, it's difficult because this year is different than any other year. So you know, normally you would try to plan for a full year. I would say to a degree, you know, you already have an idea of what you're going to do throughout the year with the breaks and everything included. But at the same time, you have to have enough, enough flexibility within your idea to change it on the fly. So I'd say right now the focus is the spring. Let's get through the string to be as strong and as healthy as we can. We'll get that time off. And then that summer we'll use to prepare to play again in the fall. So that may need to include a little extra time at the beginning for restorative things to get their bodies feeling better. So that way we can actually train hard and, and get ready to play football again with such a short turnaround. But uh, I think you've got to take it one phase at a time and, and adjust as you go and, and read your players and see where they're at. That way you can actually tailor to where they're at. Now for you, Derek, you're kind of getting back into football. This is what you did kind of when you were in college or noticed with a lot of strength and conditioning coaches is that they played sports in college, maybe not at the, the top level, but somewhere along the way, they were a, a good player, maybe not the, the star player, but they realized they had a passion for the strength and conditioning, the nutrition, the coaching, and kind of took that path. For you, you played at George Mason, but on a club level, I guess, explain to people that don't understand, may not even know that club level football exists, what was that like and how did that maybe drive your passion to want to get into strength and conditioning? Yeah, I would say the biggest thing about that as far as driving the passion for strength and conditioning is that it's all, it's all self-motivated and anyone involved with that is super intrinsically motivated because it's not an NCAA sanctioned program. It's not even funded by the school. So you've got to raise your own money as a club program in order to play 
you've got to reach out to other club programs to set up scheduling. And, and we played against some other junior college programs and division three programs and, and those kinds of things. But it's, it's up to your, you and your group of players to figure out how to raise money, get the equipment you need, schedule practices so that people in a lot of different fields and concentrations can practice at the same time and then schedule a season all together and then work together with the coaches on that. So I would say that's the biggest thing is it's a group of super intrinsically motivated people, um, which is what I a hundred percent am. And I would say that experience only, uh, only pushed that forward for me. So as a club program, we didn't have a strength and conditioning coach, obviously. So honestly, myself and our head football coach kind of worked together to build those kind of things. I remember he had me write the warm up for the team and all that kind of stuff. So that definitely helped start it. Now, is that something that you, you kind of, you think you fell into when you were playing football there at George Mason, or is that maybe something that earlier than that, you kind of knew that I, I and I say, for example, I, the strength coaches, I think in football programs have Power five in particular have become a little bit more into the forefront. Some of them are even, you know, household names amongst amongst football people. Is it one of those guys that maybe you saw that animation and that excitement watching a bowl game that, that got you excited? Or is it something maybe you kind of slipped into by accident? You know, actually, I, I, I never really noticed those guys on TV or anything. I, I really didn't even know that was a profession until later in high school. and. I was always fascinated with the draft at, at one time I was like, Oh, maybe I should look into getting into management or scouting or something like that. I was always fascinated with the draft and the process of the NFL draft. And there would always be specials on TV on NFL network and all that, that would show the guys training for the draft. And then at the time, one of the, the primary company that showed up on there was athletes performance. Uh, which ended up changing their name to EXO. So I was like, wow, that's really cool. I could, I could get into that. So kind of had my eye on that when I went into college. At that point in time, I, I knew that's kind of the way I wanted to go. So I went with an exercise science degree. And then when it came time for my final internship, I actually applied to EXOS, got the internship at EXOS, and worked there for a semester and a half before moving into the collegiate side. So that was the private side, which is definitely different from the team setting, but it it was definitely integral into my foundation as a strength coach. Now, originally from the East Coast, we talked about that you went to, to George Mason for your undergrad degree. Your first full-time job after that, you actually moved to, to Michigan. You started a Division three school. Is I think um, coaching football a little bit, but also doing strength and conditioning. I'm assuming that the strength and conditioning was there, and like a lot of Division three schools, you had to have some other role, and it just happened to be a a football coach that ended up just being a great marriage for you? I actually, I, I didn't have to have another role. Um, but again, the assistant position that I started off as was part-time. I also wanted to see the, the football team needed a wide receiver coach. So I decided to do that as well to see if I wanted to go the football coaching route or not. But I, it just kind of proved to me that I wanted to stay in strength and conditioning and uh, when there was a shakeup in the athletic department and they ended up promoting me to the director there. So it, it definitely presented different challenges. That was a situation where we were starting a first time football program. So the year that I was there was the first year that they ever competed in football, at the division three level. 
Um, so that was a new challenge. And then also division three, everything has to be optional uh, until you're in season, which is kind of a backwards way of thinking when a lot of the heavy training needs to be done prior to instead of in season, in season is usually maintenance and, and restorative things, whereas preseason and summer and all that is preparing. So it, it was definitely different. And then the other thing I would ask about that in terms of differences, you move from the East Coast and it, for people that have been there or even just think about that, it, it's, it's kind of a congested way of life very much for people up in the Chicago area think that, except from Boston to Miami, essentially. You moved to Charleston. What was your, your biggest maybe adjustment you had to make for moving from, from the East Coast to, to Charleston, Illinois? Uh, I, I wouldn't say the adjustment was that bad, honestly. Coming from... <laughs> Where I was at in Michigan was up in the Upper Peninsula, and I don't know if a lot of people know where that is, but it's way up there. Like, you get up in the Upper Peninsula, you get to Northern Michigan University, and you still have to go three hours up north into another peninsula next to uh, Lake Superior. So it was probably by far the smallest place I've ever lived. So honestly, coming to Charleston in comparison was was nothing. It was an easy transition. Before that, I was at Arkansas State, which Again, despite it being an FBS program, it was a small town feel. So it was the same, same type of thing. So rolling up into Charleston, I actually came up and interviewed in person for, for that GA position at the time. So I had seen it and I knew what I was getting into as well. Now, you talk about at Eastern Illinois, also a small program. You will be the director of football performance. But I know that, that Coach Roscoe, when he was in that position, he was able to help out in, in some other areas as well. You did that when you were a graduate assistant here. Do you kind of assume that you're going to kind of help out a little bit with those other sports, or do you think you're going to really have to be strictly focused on football, at least for the get-go? I think it depends on the COVID situation. I know Coach Roscoe had to help out with some of the other sports um, with some COVID issues as they came up, and I'll gladly do the same thing if some of those issues arise, as long as the schedule allows. And that's just something us, we as a strength and conditioning department are going to have to figure out on the fly as, as things go. Um, but my primary focus is going to be football and what I can do to help develop this football program. And then whatever I can do from there to help everybody and help the school move forward is what I'll do. Now, you, you talked about your relationship with, with Coach Cushing. You were able to kind of build that a little bit when you were here during that, that spring and, and during that summer. How many conversations have you kind of had with him since taking the position on kind of what you guys want to do to kind of get rolling when you do get back here next week? That's been the conversation from day one. We've been in constant communication over what we want to do. Thankfully, I moved up early, so I've gotten to meet with him and meet with the staff and, and go over those kind of details. And right now it's just fledging that out and seeing what, what we can accomplish with what we have and, and uh, what the timeframes of that are going to look like and what we can do best to prepare for football. Now, is there one thing maybe you're most looking forward to for this upcoming season? I know it's the, maybe the strangest of all times to play football in, in February, March, and April, but I guess if there's kind of maybe one silver lining or thing that you're kind of looking forward to and to take away from this spring, what would that be? Yeah, I'm just looking for, I'm just looking to compete again. I was at, you know, at Northwestern State, I wasn't there very long, but I was in a situation, I worked with five, five to seven different sports, and I never got to see a single one of those athletes compete against another team. So 
I just want to come in and do the best job that I can to prepare them. And I want to see these guys go out and compete and have fun and play football. All right, Derek. Well, we appreciate you joining us here on the IU Panthers podcast. Um, congratulations once again on the position as the new director of football performance with the IU Panther football program and best of luck this upcoming school year. Thank you. I appreciate it. Wow, <laughs> wow,